When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back here on score north live matthew collar with you and uh, joining me on the line talk a little football here we'll keep you updated on all the games going on as well doug Farrar, usa today also the author of a great book called the genius of desperation hi doug how are you good how are you today i am doing great i've been just chipping away at your book through the season when i got time and then now that the season is over i've just been reading through it and you know it never ceases to amaze me doug how everything is interlocking in football right like in your book you go all the way back to the beginning and and go through a bunch of these awesome innovations that still kind of have ripple effects through today and where they came from and things like that it really it really amazes me and i'm curious about where you think offense especially is going in this league because last year we saw this big jump and then it started to slow down a little bit as defenses might have caught up and figured some things out and then we get to the Super Bowl and a defense wins the championship game which means defense wins championships right Doug and uh, I, I just I wonder what you think like these teams are looking at this offseason to take this even to the next step well, I mean, there there are a lot of rogue factors with last season. You had a lot of really strange penalty calls based on new rules in the first, say, five or six games. Uh, ask Clay Matthews about that. Mm-hmm. And then things kind of averaged off. I think in the Super Bowl you had a really great Rams defense with an excellent uh, strategy for counteracting the new the Patriots three and five step passing game. And on the Rams side, you had a quarterback in Jared Goff who was really confused because the Patriots did this brilliant thing where they disguised their defense. And then when uh, Sean McVay's voice went on a Jared Goff's Jared, Jared Goff's headset, they would then change the coverage, and Goff had to figure out New England's coverage on his own without help from his coach, which did not go well. So the the adjustments. I mean, it was kind of a three part thing through the season. I think where offense is going. Um, I, I think because aside from your, your Dwayne Haskins who reads defenses like a five-year NFL veteran, he's very atypical. I think you're going to see more offshoots of the RPO, more variants of it. You're going to see more easy reads, uh, more variants in the run game. You know, I, I think you'll continue to see uh, adaptations to the college game and defenses adjusting to that. Um, you know, I, I think over time, you know, what else can you do with offense? Well, you can, you know, you can run more bunch, you can run more, um, you know, receiver sets that make things 
easier for receivers and quarterbacks to get on the same page quickly. Um, I think it's something you've seen in the NFL over the last 10 years, and it's something that will continue. Talking with Doug Farrar, USA Today, author of The Genius of Desperation. I advise you get it if you like football, because it's great. Um, so now, one of the things that is just a, a pure staple of any football book and conversation about football is Bill Walsh and the trickle-down effect. And, you know, here in Minnesota... Gary Kubiak is now a part of the coaching staff. And that has been the biggest conversation here, Doug, in the offseason is how the Shanahan style Kubiak offense can get the most not only out of Kirk Cousins, but also the running game. I'm wondering what, what you could sort of tell me about the roots of that and how it might help improve quarterback performance as it seems to wherever Gary Kubiak goes and all of a sudden Brian Greasy plays well or Matt Schaub plays well or Joe Flacco has a career year. I think that that's kind of the expectation that Vikings have with Gary Kubiak in the building. Well, a few things. During... I talked with a couple of defensive players and actually wrote when I was at Sports Illustrated, wrote an article about this, uh, Kubiak's offense. Some of the pass routes were getting so predictable that, and this was one of the reasons for Matt Schaub's uh, string of pick sixes, which is, I believe, an NFL record. Um, the route concepts were getting so predictable. I know Richard Sherman told me flat out, we knew exactly what was coming on every play. And while defensive players often do, the extent to which Kubiak's route concepts were predictable was abnormal. Um, I don't know if he's going to be changing that when he gets to Minnesota and opening the palette. Um, I do know it's a heavy boot offense, and what boot does when a quarterback runs to one side of the field is it reduces his reads. You know, your reads are kind of cut in half. And I actually think that's advantageous for Cousins because he tends, in my opinion, to overanalyze when he's got mm-hmm. a full field. He'll start to make throws that maybe he shouldn't. Uh, that was certainly his history in Washington. It's been his history in Minnesota to a, to a point. Um, you know, he's a mobile quarterback. He throws well on the run. I think in the abstract, the offense, the, the offense works well for Cousins. Uh, it's a heavy play action game. He's always been good with that. Um, with the zone blocking scheme, certainly Minnesota's offensive line needs all the help it can get right now. Uh, it will provide some schematic help, although there's only so much you can do with what they've got right now. Um, you know, that, that's something they can address in the draft to a, a pretty substantial degree, but it's, you know, it's, it's one cut and go zone blocking that fits what they, what they have with the running back personnel. Um, it's inside outside zone. It's not that complicated, but it requires everyone to execute at a very high level. Uh, the Shanahan style offense at its best point in Denver in the nineties and with Washington in the early, uh, you know, first couple of years of Robert Griffin's career, you had continuity along that offensive line, which had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. The Vikings aren't necessarily going to have that, but, you know, schematically overall, I, primarily they've got to get more out of Cousins. And I don't know if it'll get more statistically, but maybe it will reduce his potential for error. Yeah, no, that's a great point, because last year he gave up something like 42 points on his own just on pick sixes and fumbles uh, that went the other way for touchdowns. And he's a fascinating one, Doug. I mean, just going back, you know, I go through every game and all the PFF stats and all those things and just pouring over all the information with Cousins. And you mentioned his ability to throw on the run, if it's a bootleg, is really spectacular. But if anything goes wrong within the pocket, then it's patting the ball or not moving his feet or whatever it might be, pressure up the middle, he just kind of stands in the one spot 
And getting through the reads is like a really tricky and interesting thing to watch him try to do. And I, I just think that he's one of the most interesting quarterbacks to watch because the guy can make spectacular throws and often does. But then there are these other moments where against Seattle, he turns around and throws it backwards to Latavius Murray. Like, um, no, you don't want to do that at all. So I, I don't know how, what your observation has been, but I, I just think that his, his highs are, are very high, but he has these shortcomings that seem to just keep him away from winning in a lot of different ways. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think Cousins is one of them where he's very successful early in the down, but he's not a late in the down player. Mm-hmm. And what, what tends to happen with him is the longer the play goes, the more defenders converge upon him. And I, I think he has, and I'm not, I'm not saying he has a bad arm, but I think he has an elevated belief in his ability to stick things, stick the ball into tight windows, mm-hmm. which he doesn't really. Um, I think there's a delay between his brain and his arm as far as releasing the ball. He's not a quick release guy. I think yeah. He's over deliberate at times. And I remember, uh, gosh, there was one <laughs> when Washington played Denver in 2017 and he threw, into obvious triple coverage in the red zone. And what he was looking at was the tight end coming across on, I believe it was a skinny slant. And one of Cousins' issues throughout his career is his inability to adjust when defenses adjust. He kind of, he, he, he has a plan post snap. And if that plan alters, which kind of goes back to what you were saying, things don't necessarily go well. Yeah. So again, a lot of boot, you're having, you're cutting the field in half, you're cutting the reads in half, you're cutting the options in half. Um, I wrote a piece last year about Cousins before he signed, you know, before the Vikings contract. And if I recall correctly, speaking of PFF stats, they split it into the first 2.5 seconds of a play and then 2.6 seconds and beyond. Yep, correct. And his pre 2.6 stats throughout his career are far better. Mm-hmm. which kind of goes to the point of the longer the play goes, the more propensity there is for things to go wrong or to go outside of structure. I mean, there, you know, I, I think of Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton through his career. There are guys who are almost better outside of the structure than inside it. Cousins is not a great outside of structure quarterback. He's not an ideal guy when things go wrong. You keep him in a scheme, you keep him in a plan, and he's okay, but there are only so many plays in in the NFL in any given game that things stay within structure, and that's where things tend to break down for him. Talking with Doug Farrar, National NFL writer for USA Today, one of my favorite follows on Twitter as well. Uh, so, Doug, one of the things that Mike Zimmer has talked about a lot is wanting to win with the running game and defense, and of course. That means people will automatically think like he's from 1989, that he wants Merrill Hodge running for three and a half yards of carry and then playing defense. And I don't think that that's exactly what he's getting at, but I know that Zimmer absolutely loves Delvin Cook and his high-end potential. And I, and I wonder where you see the running game fitting into the future in football because it, it feels like sometimes I'll see on Twitter that people think that you should just never, ever hand off or even have a running back maybe. But um, I, I feel like even as a lover of analytics like you are, that I can't, I can't go that far. I think that there is a lot of impact that someone like Delvin Cook can – can still have. So I wonder as the Vikings want to get more creative and more successful with their running game, how that still fits into an offense in 2019. 
Well, first of all, if if the Vikings wanted to be total, you know, Flintstones about this, they wouldn't have given eighty four million guarantee <laughs> to a quarterback who, in my opinion, is above average and is never going to be great. Yeah. Sorry, Vikings fans, that's just kind of the way I see it. Uh, they would have said, you know, they would have lowballed Case Keenum and kept him. And you could argue that Case Keenum in uh, Schirmer's scheme played better than Cousins did last year. Um, <laughs> statistically, I think that was proven to be so. So first of all, they're not, you know, they're not going to be the 1973 Dolphins, and you know, Cousins isn't going to pull a Bob Greasy and pass eight times a game. <laughs> right. Dalvin Cook is. We, we were discussing earlier the, you know, the variance of the Shanahan which really is the Alex, it's not the Shanahan run game, it's really the Alex Gibbs run game because wherever Alex went, he was in control of the offensive line and the running backs. Most O-line coaches are in charge of the run game. So that's inside-outside zone. It's very precise assignments for each offensive lineman and it is, you know, that running back needs to make a very quick decision. I think Dalvin Cook is an ideal fit for that. Um, you know, so I think... From that perspective, it's a good fit. Overall, as far as winning in the modern NFL 2019 version with run game and defense, you know, I'm from Seattle. I saw the Seahawks ostensibly win with run game and defense, but the year they won the Super Bowl, uh, Russell Wilson still threw 26 touchdowns to only nine interceptions. That was kind of his breakout year. And the Seahawks, through the mid-2010s, had a historically great defense. I believe the scoring record they broke the they broke the record for consecutive seasons allowing the fewest points in the, in the NFL. And I believe it was the Vikings of the late sixties and early seventies whose record they broke. Mm-hmm. My point is, in the modern NFL, the way it's set up, if you want to win Super Bowls, the run game and defense both have to be transcendent, like all time. And if you do that, you're kind of making the outlier the norm. And anyone who's read statistics for dummies will tell you that you don't want to do that. <laughs> right. If you make the outlier the norm, you tend to get fired. Right. So right. if you want to win that way, you have to be able to put on the field a defense that is up there with the 2013 Seahawks or the 02 Buccaneers or the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears. Even with the talent the Vikings have and as brilliant a defensive coach coach as Zimmer is, and he's as good as anyone of his generation. Um, that's a big ask. And if you you know, if you have a quarterback that you're not quite sure about on top of that, and his contract is one of the reasons you're sort of in cap purgatory, things tend to sort of close in. Yeah, and that's how it feels with this offseason, just having no cap space to spend on offensive lines. So you get Josh Klein, who was released by Tennessee, and you've just kind of got to hope that he performs better than he did last year, and that's a tough place to be in. And then you've probably got to draft a guy and hope that that guy steps right in as a mid-round pick, and that's kind of a big ask, too. And the last thing I wanted to run by you, Doug, is just where you think the NFC North has gone, because to me it's a fascinating division. I think that the Lions have gotten better and we kind of wrote them off as a bit of a disaster last year um and the bears i think will drift back 
back. But here's the Packers hiring the um, person who knows McVay coach. And uh, I don't know a lot about LaFleur, but I I, I feel like um, just from the perspective of Aaron Rodgers, he really needed a change in offensive philosophy to get up to date maybe with the rest of the league. And uh, I, I just wonder from what you've seen so far of these offseason moves, including the coaching change there, how you kind of see the rest of the NFC North matching up. I think the Bills took a step back. They had some key defensive losses. The big loss was losing Vic Fangio, who, you know, talk about your he's – right, he's right up there with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Carol Zimmer, I mean, he's at that level. Um, I think firing Mike McCarthy will win the Packers two to three games next year. <laughs> no matter – all LaFleur has to do is put more than a high school playbook out there um, – I think McCarthy may be the worst offensive coach of the last 25 years. Wow. It was that bad. Uh, well, you can't, you can't just refuse to run route combinations and, and bag a bunch of ISO routes out there, and no matter how good your quarterback is, it's not going to work. And then when he's injury-prone, you have no answer for your backups. It was, you know, it was just ridiculous. So I think the Packers look a lot better on defense, probably slightly better on offense. Um, you know, I think... The Vikings should everything go well. They're a ten or eleven win team. Um, the Lions look a bit better on defense. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, right now I would put it between the Packers and the Vikings, with the Bears taking maybe a two to three game step back. They're going to have to win more with offense, and I'm not quite sure Trubisky is ready to take that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that, and I'm very very interested to see where his progress goes because as a just pure passer, uh, I was not overly impressed by him. Um, but running on third down, very good. So, uh, Doug, tell us uh, where we can find your book. I mean, I already bought it, so I know where. But tell the audience. <laughs> uh, you can find it at booksellers everywhere and uh, on that uh, online thing too, that internet thing. Oh uh, yeah, the internet. Yeah, that's one of those places. Internet, um, yeah. You can follow him at uh, on NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Amazon would be a fine place to go find it. It's called The Genius of Desperation, also writes for USA Today Sports as the national NFL writer. Great stuff, Doug. I always love catching up with you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. I appreciate it. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.